Hello, and welcome to the Innovate IPM podcast, where we are passionate about the future of the industrial projects professions, presenting you the best of project management, people, and practices, combining the wisdom of time-tested methods with the cutting-edge technologies and advancements that are modernizing our craft. Our mission is to contribute to the growth and progress of the industrial project management community. It's time to talk scope, schedule, and budget. Let's start the show. Hello, Innovate IPM community. It is Rob Williams, your host of the Innovate IPM podcast. So glad to be with you today. So today, we talk with Steve Patterson about what it takes to nurture a startup community. But before we get to that, I've got one announcement to make, and this is an urgent one. So this podcast is going out on 512, that's May 12th, 2020. And if you catch it in time, May 13th, which is tomorrow after this recording and this publication, at 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live webinar with Vanessa Sudaluti and Stefan Baker of Cleopatra Enterprise. We're going to be talking about project benchmarking, looking beyond to improve project performance, what project benchmarking is, why it matters, the power of project benchmark data, performing big data analytics, how to discover trends in cost drivers and key ratios, improving the accuracy of cost estimates with benchmarking, a necessary thing to do, might I add, and how Cleopatra benchmarking can help you achieve your project success. So you don't want to miss out on that. Just go to innovateipm.com and click the webinar at the top of the screen. It will take you to the registration page. So hopefully you get to enjoy that with us. For those of you who may not know, uh, Innovate IPM is located in the Houston area suburbs, just across from NASA's Johnson Space Center. Most people are familiar with the famously quoted, Houston, we have a problem. Well, that part of Houston is where we live and work. From the massive campus of Johnson Space Center to the recently permitted spaceport at Ellington Field, which is the only urban spaceport in the country, from all the engineering brain power to the ventures of Boeing, SpaceX, and a staggering number of other aerospace, maritime, process manufacturing companies. The area known as Clear Lake, or sometimes Bay Area Houston, is a powerhouse of innovation and business savvy. Yet, even with all these resources and entrepreneurial energy, there's a lack of a cohesive startup ecosystem. And that's where Steve Patterson comes in. Steve spent over 40 years running print and digital media companies in over 60 markets in the U.S. and Mexico. For several of those years, he was in the San Francisco Bay Area market, providing his services throughout the region, including Silicon Valley. He also served as the CEO of the League City Chamber of Commerce. And League City is one of the fastest growing and highest rated communities in the U.S. It's located just along the south shore of Clear Lake, just across the water from Johnson Space Center. 
And while he was there, he recognized the need for this startup ecosystem. And he got busy figuring out what it would take to get the infrastructure in place. What he found along the way is a fascinating understanding of a startup talent underground that was there all along. So without further ado, let's listen to Steve talk about what he found and what he thinks we can do to build out this ecosystem in this talent pool waiting to be tapped into. Here's Steve. Mr. Steve Patterson, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Rob, today. Thanks for having me here. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man, thanks for coming on. It's been a real pleasure getting to know you over the last couple of weeks. I think you're doing some incredible things for the community around the uh, Bay Area, Houston. And uh, I think our audience is interested in some stuff you got to talk about. So we'll just jump right into okay. it. Okay, sounds man, good. Great, great. So tell us a little bit about yourself and okay. uh, what's so, got going on. So uh, just briefly, uh, spent uh, about 35 years in the media business all across the country and uh, basically running different newspaper companies and digital companies. And then for the last five years, I've actually uh, been uh, running the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce as the president and CEO, and, um, which is really a lot of fun because it was my first entry into the uh, nonprofit world yeah. versus the for-profit world. Yeah. And uh, so, and, and for our listeners yeah. who, who aren't from around here, let's, let's describe where mm -hmm. League City is. So. League City is a uh, suburb. Uh, in the Houston, Texas uh, suburbs. It's about 20 miles from downtown and about 20 miles from Galveston Beach. I always tell my friends from Houston that Houston's a suburb of Leak City, but it's there really the other way around, right? <laughs> also happens to be one of the fastest growing uh, cities it in is. the state of Texas yeah. and in the United States. And happens to also be my home too, yep. so awesome. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. no, 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 no. So, uh, yeah, so basically uh, the little topic we're going to get into today is a little bit of what I've been doing uh, for the last uh, year, but that actually springboards off of something that I've actually been working on for the last past four years. When I was working with the Chamber of Commerce, we, of course, being a Chamber of Commerce, you're very involved in economic development. And what's good for business in the city is usually good for the city because if you do your job right and the taxes come up, then everybody's better because you get the right kind of infrastructure where uh, we really want to have people who live, work, and play. You know, awesome. So you don't have to travel all over the place because, as you and I know, being League City residents, about 80% of the uh, population actually leaves the city I'm every day yep. Yep, and goes someplace else to work. Yep. And so, um, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about today, the Innovation Interstate, was actually an idea born out of how do we get those type of jobs and, uh, and, and infrastructure within the city where you don't have to drive in the madness of I-45 every yeah. day downtown or out to one of the other areas where you're on 610 or one of the other interstates where you're basically taking your life in your hands every day. Yeah. It'd be a lot nicer just to be able to roll out of bed and be in your office in about 10 minutes. Driving through the Houston war zone. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. let's, uh, let's talk about the innovation interstate. Cause that's a, that's such mm -hmm. a cool concept. You know, one of the things that, that you and I, when we first met, we both kind of agreed uh, you, you had actually already done your homework and, and me and the people that I spend most of my time talking to had a pretty, pretty big hunch that down here in, in the Bay Area, Houston, this is, you know, this is a tech Man, up. This has been a tech up for 40 years. It has, but nobody yeah. has really developed it. I yeah. mean, it's one of those things that uh, kind of can't see the uh, forest for the trees. 
right. some days, right? And, uh, and, you know, as you and I discussed one day, because uh, you've been out to the San Francisco Bay Area, yeah. and uh, I spent several years of my career out there actually running the newspaper groups in that area. And it was uh, a couple of years ago, I was driving down from Houston and came down I-45 on a nice fall day, which was like a Northern California day. And and little did I know that I'm, I'm looking at Ellington Field and I'm going, man, this is just like Moffett Field. And I'm running by and I go by UTMB and I'm going, wow, man, this is just like Stanford Medical Center. Yeah. You know, and then we've got all these other wonderful resources around here because at Moffett Field, but also you have, you have NASA Ames. Yeah. Yeah. You have the Skunk right. Works, you have all this stuff. And then, you know, what do we have at UTMB? You know, we've got the National Labs. I mean, this is where they do all the research on Ebola and God knows what else. Yeah, a lot you of know? people don't know that, but that's, no, a, that's that, a true statement. That's a true statement. And uh, and then we've got, like, you know, one of the best school districts in the country, yep. a couple of the best school districts. Plus, we have a real solid community college base with technical skills and things like that between San Jacinto Mainland College and mm -hmm. the College of the Mainland and Alvin uh, Community College mm -hmm. and even Galveston College. So, I mean, I'm looking at all this, I'm going, well, wait a minute. You know, we've got the ingredients for the best chocolate cake you could ever make, but nobody's putting in a batter bowl and mixing this together to see what comes out. So that's actually where the whole concept started was I'm going, like you said, we've got, you know, 40 years here. Well, actually longer than that because longer than that. because 60, 60, 60 now, 70 yeah. years with, with yeah. NASA, with the space programs, you know, and, you know, we've got some pretty smart people in the neighborhood around here. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, in the zip codes around here in the area of League City. Uh, you know, we've got, in some cases, as high as 40 to 45 percent of the people that are over age 25 have postgraduate degrees. Right. Very high numbers. Yeah. You know, number of uh, mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, mm -hmm. uh, chemical engineers. Uh, you've got all these, you know, people that are just in here doing things for NASA and all biotech and all these other places. You know, plus we have world-class medicine. I mean, hell, we're only, what, 20 miles from the medical center? some of the best medical in the world. And here in League City, we now have a mini medical center coming out of the ground that we call the Medical Village. Yep. But you have all the major players like Memorial Hermann, UTMB, uh, Houston Methodist, um, and all the other major players developing in our marketplace to take advantage of what we see as a, uh, a waypoint for medical treatment where you don't have to go downtown again right. and doing stuff. So you have all these perfect ingredients, but nobody's working together. Right. Nobody's putting together. So I kind of took up the challenge was at the Chamber of Commerce and actually with some help with uh, Dr. David Callender when he was running University of Texas Medical Center, Medical Branch, now he's at Memorial Harmon, about how do we take advantage of this corridor that goes between Galveston Island and basically up to Beltway 8. Mm-hmm. And look at all what we have here. We have a spaceport. How many communities have spaceports? We have a spaceport. <laughs> I want to say that again. We have an urban spaceport. The only yeah. urban spaceport which in the United phenomenal. States. Which is being rapidly developed right now. It is. I went to the uh, I went to Wings Over Houston this yep. year, and uh, and the development over there is moving very quickly at this point. Yep, they're actually putting new roads in, so you can get yep. in there easier and out more. And uh, you know, so you know, what are we talking about in the near future? Transonic flights, Houston to Tokyo in three hours. <laughs> are, they, are they bringing the Concorde back? Well, actually, it's, it's going to be a little bit better than the Concorde because it's yeah. actually going to go at about 85,000 feet. And actually, the yeah. big part is 
the big part's going to be is getting it to slow down right? so it can land on these different things. And it's actually going to make it uh, feasible because the crews will be able to do four to five flights a day versus what they could do when they were at the Concorde, where it was one flight a day. Right. So the uh, economics huh. makes sense and the pricing, and you might be able to do it for about what you pay for a transatlantic flight right now. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I need to look into that. I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah. But just just the, the thought of being 85,000 feet yeah. up in the air is Well, I could introduce you to Arturo right Machuca over at the Spaceport. Yeah. You know, a good friend of mine who's actually being the one who's spearheading that program and getting all the infrastructure put in place that's to make that happen. interesting. But that's just one little piece. Yeah. Then you like, we talked about UTMB and the National Labs, and they're getting ready to expand the National Labs, not only on Galveston Island, but over here in League City, the mainland too. Because when you look at UTMB right now, where they just had MT Anderson, which is also part of the University of Texas system, right? join with it uh, on the campus, though all the buildings you see there, including the parking garage and everything right now, actually represent less than 10% of the footprint of what the university will be when it's built out in the next 25 so, to 30 so years. So as you know, I live very close there. I've been watching that thing being built over the last mm-hmm. uh, four years, I guess, is, is how long I've been yep. in the neighborhood. And uh, it's it's we from the neighborhood perspective and those of us who don't work for UTMB, and a lot of people in my neighborhood actually work for UTMB, UTMB right. um, watching the development expand, 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 just the, the garage – when you look at the garage, when they first built the garage, it was this giant garage. It was the same size as the little hospital, hospital next right. to it. We're like, well, that means they're about to build a lot more. Well, they're getting ready to put another three floors on top of that little yeah. hospital. Yeah. That's the next phase group there. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, plans for that. But eventually when it's built out, it will encompass a million square feet. That's a lot of square feet. <laughs> a million square feet on a little over 100 acres. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and you've got that uh, going on. So, so one of the other things that we found out when we were going on this journey in the interstate, uh, Innovation Interstate, was that uh, we have all these smart people we talked about, right? Yep. They have garages. Yep. And guess what they do in their garages? They tinker. They tinker. And they think about things that they can do to better humanity. And that can be all kinds of things. I met uh, one group, uh, I won't use their last names, but uh, Heather and Olivia, who actually uh, have space on the International Space Station. They actually call it a hotel. Wow. And I don't know, it's like maybe about three square feet, four square feet or something like that. (laughs) But what they do is they take bio experiments into space, up on the space station, and they monitor it there for new technology to be developed in space. Yeah. And that's a local business right here in our area that basically started up out of a garage. So that's pretty amazing. And and this was part of our conversation that we had when we first met. You said that there were how many startups? Uh, Through last year, I identified 41 different startups that were in phase one, phase two, or phase three of funding. Yeah. And they're all located right here. They're all located here. And And so that's what kind of prompted you, right, right. to to move forward. Because what happens in in, in interviewing and talking to a lot of those, uh, one of them is Galen Data, which uh, is located here. Um, which is medical device technology. Okay. Um, you know, what happened was when they got through their second round of funding, you know, their primary funders wanted to take them where the resources were to continue the project. Mm-hmm. And the reason they had to do that is because we lack the infrastructure to support that in this area yeah. right now. So so what does that look like, the resources and the yeah. infrastructure? So, it, you know, when you, when you start a business, you start in your garage, okay, or your home office or whatever. 
And as your business grows, then the next thing you may want to do is move into some kind of incubator. Right. Okay. Well, when you get into science and the and, and incubation and stuff like that, sometimes you need labs. Yep. So you need either a dry lab or a wet lab, depending on which way you're going. So you're looking for an incubator that may have those facilities or you have access to to do your work on. Then when you get to your concept and it's proven and you go to the next round of finance, then what you need literally is like a business or industrial park yeah. that is built to suit and has the infrastructure to actually house those. And when it gets to that point, that actually causes job creation. Mm-hmm. and income and jobs to stay in your community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Currently, and I got to tell you, if there's a better place for an innovation interstate corridor, I don't know where it is. Sure. Because um, right here we have, like we talked about earlier, all those perfect ingredients to make the perfect chocolate cake. Yeah. So Leak City and the surrounding cities, whether it's Seabrook, El Lago, uh, Webster, uh, Texas City, Lamarck, um, all these communities around the lake here, around Clear Lake, um, could all benefit by looking seriously at commercial economic development that is based on an innovation concept because the talent and everything is already here. Right. It's just a matter of assembling it and channeling it Right. and doing those things. So right now, um, there's a few incubator, accelerator, startup-friendly organizations right. up in Houston proper right. and, and even out in West Houston. Right. Um, the, and, Cannon, the Cannon was a right. facility that we talked about a little and, bit. And what spurred a lot of this growth was actually after, um, after we uh, started the Innovation Interstate Corridor project, uh, the group of the chamber, plus I had an economic development committee at the chamber that we started working on this, and then we branched out and had several partnerships, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. But um, at that time, the HTC, which was the uh, Houston Technology Cooperative Consortium, Consortium, one I'm of those. Sure. I know what you're but, talking but, about but now it's dissolved and now become uh, Houston um, Exponential. Exponential, right? Right. right. And uh, so there was a partnership uh, formed with uh, Galveston Economic Development. I mean, the uh, Greater Houston Economic Development Partnership as long as with Rice University and and to do this and take over the old Sears building right. downtown and do well, that's those the things. eye on Houston. The eye on yeah, Houston, yeah. yeah. Which looks really awesome. Right. And so, but what drove all this, including the one out in the Canyon, out in, out in the uh, west part of town and right. some of these other biotech incubators was um, when Amazon 2 was the big hubbub and everybody were looking at it, um, the state of Texas, uh, most of the Houston locations were passed mm-hmm. after the first round. The only city in Houston that got made it to the second round was League City. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And a part of that was a lot of things. One of those is that, uh, you know, unbeknownst because of the plants in Texas City, they need a, a, a huge ability to move a lot of data. Yeah. So there's a pipe that actually runs through League City. Is okay. where the pipeline is, and you can't find it on any map because they keep those things locked up in a vault somewhere because sure. they don't know anybody to know where they are. Yeah, yeah. But needless to say, that pipeline was pretty close to what they were looking at, and mm. had the land to do that. Uh, the reason we got passed over and didn't make it around three is because we didn't have the public uh, transportation infrastructure in Galveston County to get to that. But what it did was it woke up Houston, which is basically you and I know, and, you know, as a petro. Uh, industry and it's it's diversified over the years 
but we still depend a lot on petrochemicals. A sure, lot. sure. And I think what happened was, you know, Amazon is all about innovation and technology. I think they realized that we need to diversify more into an innovation type of culture here and tap into it. So I applaud those people out there at West and the people in there, you know, doing uh, Houston Exponential and Absolutely. some of the other biotech because they're heading in the right direction. Um, but the question I ask and I talk to a lot of these startups is, well, would you want to drive downtown to get what you need or would you like to have it out here in the suburbs? Yeah, nobody wants to drive downtown. Nobody wants to drive downtown. <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, we actually formed and, uh, and it's, re- it's important in the region because like we said, it will create well-paying jobs. Mm-hmm. It will attract businesses to the community that are really going to be beneficial that will pay great wages, but also improve the quality of life from what we have here. Because what we're talking about in general is all clean. This is all clean industry. You know, it's, it, it's so not- fine clean industry. Um, it doesn't have carbon-based fuels okay. and different things. So it's, it's really green-based. And the thing is that um, most technology, as we know today, is actually designed to improve our way of life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it benefits and brings a different type of person in, but would also help the educational systems around here because of the talent that would come into the communities, but also give them direction on what kind of curriculum they need to develop to support this yeah. kind of industry going in. But I've had wonderful talks with um, you know, everybody from Dr. Warren Nichols at College of the Mainland mm-hmm. um, to the folks at San Jacinto, to the folks at the University of Houston Clear Lake, and, uh, and even the University of Houston Clear Lake understands how important innovation is. Right. In fact, that university was based on, founded on NASA. They were founded on NASA and astronauts. Right. Being and they understand. Advanced degrees. Right. And they want to be able to be, they want that university to be an innovative hub. Yeah. If and it want, should be. It should be. Right. And so they were very interested in this. Um, so they were one of a group of about 70 people that we were able to bring together uh, back in October 2018. Uh, to discuss about the plausibility of forming a task force uh, to actually compose a white paper and actually take this out of theory, but take all the strengths and opportunities we have, also look at the weaknesses and the threats to us, and actually develop a plan where all the communities in Galveston County and Southern Harris County Mm -hmm. could come into partnership and actually uh, support and fund and develop an effort to accomplish this so there would be projects coinciding with the build out of the spaceport in Ellington. So what does that look like? Um, what is you know what kind of uh, you know incubators do we need? What kind of you know education do we need as far as curriculum? So that was the idea was the task force for that to come out of that. And of course, where we are today, right? We've got the newly minted space force. We're yep. talking about Mars. Yep. Uh, SpaceX has an office here in town now. Right. And they're getting ready to expand their presence. The spaceport is becoming a, a reality mm-hmm. very quickly um, because of the because of the uh, kinds of technologies that that are born okay. out of space right. travel. And don't forget about bioscience as well. And, and bioscience as well. Uh, yes. Yeah. In fact, one of my first my one of my friends who who was uh, he was actually a mechanical engineer for Lockheed. And his job was to monitor the vitals. As a mechanical engineer, his job was to monitor the vitals on on, on the uh, astronauts while they were on the space station, which is super interesting to me. But um, he had a hard time waking them up when it was time to read. 
that was the one complaint mm-hmm. he made. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, when you think about the the amount of technologies that come out of space travel that have mm-hmm. you know that, that actually get incorporated into regular people's well, daily lives. Well, actually, one of the people that, that uh, I, I met during this journey, Stephen Gonzalez, who works for NASA, and his job is the keeper of all those technologies that they've patented. And, uh, you know, his challenge is, is getting people to actually use those technologies. Although NASA has a wonderful funding program where they'll actually underwrite. If you can figure out ways to use their technology, they'll actually fund you just like a venture capital firm. will. Mm-hmm. you know, initial sum. And then when you make it to the second phase, they give you more. And actually when you get to the third, I think it's pretty much unlimited. And uh, so a perfect example that Stephen Gonzalez uses as an example was back when the Hubble telescope went out of focus, you know, NASA scrambled and they figured the way they could focus, they thought there was something wrong with the software. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that they looked at was software to see how they could refocus the mirror and everything else. Well, as we know now today, it was actually a manufacturing error and they actually had to send the space shuttle up there and actually put a patch on it and make it work. And of course it works wonderful. Well, and we get the great vision today, but, but what happened to that software? Well, some enterprising engineer saw that software and so explained it to me and explained it to uh, what it did. So he said, you know, I think I know where there'll be an application for this. So what he did was actually apply it to mammography. Okay. And because mammography. Of, yeah. Okay. So breast, so breast scans for breast right. cancer. Right. And so what it did was it actually enabled the imaging to get a hundred times better. Now, was he in any way associated with MD Anderson or? No. No? Okay. No, he's just, and so the mammography technology they use today can now spot tumors so minute that you would have not seen them for six months. Fascinating. Prior to this technology. Yeah. But they have all kinds of that technology that's on the shelf that they've designed for different things, just looking for somebody who has some vision and a creative mind and take those applications. Yep. Awesome. So- Let's talk about this. What does this, what does this innovation interstate look like when it's at its peak? We've, we've got the things in place that we need to keep the startups here. What, what are those things? So the most of it will be infrastructure. Okay. So, so we're looking at uh, incubators designed for specific things. We're looking for business and industrial parks that can take it to the next level. And if it becomes something dramatic, enough land and space where we can actually develop factories. Factories, which I believe is part of the spaceport. Yes. Isn't that part of the master plan? Is it right. going to build spaces there to incubate, uh, well, to manufacture space, right. space travel goods? And as you know, League City is only 50% built out. Right. So there's a huge amount of open land. There's room. To actually incorporate this into the city planning. And you were also describing to me the epicenter yeah, Epicenter Project, uh, with full transparency, is one of my clients, okay. um, is actually developing the first phase in League City, which will actually have incubation in there, um, for not only for uh, in, you know for innovation and technology, mm-hmm. but also the food sciences. Oh, nice. And also the arts. And so it'll be a complete STEM program. And one of our partners that we're working with who's interested in locating here is something that's called Way to, Waypoint to Space. Okay. And what Waypoint Space is, is they are the only FAA-certified civilian astronaut training facility. What? And so they'll be able to, if you want to take advantage, 
of an invitation from Elon Musk and go up in the Starship. Yeah. They all, uh, you wouldn't have to go through NASA to get that training done to get certified. Oh, wow. You go through a program that they offer. And so it will be very similar to what NASA has with the 60-foot tanks and things like that. So you have to experience weightlessness and do things in space. And yeah. The whole physical program, the medical side, everything else. So they literally train you on how to go in space and take care of yourself. That's amazing. So that's one of the partners. And, you know, so, again, playing off of NASA, that's just one of the space technology programs that we can offer to do right. that. So it's an, it's another option. Um, then there's also edu entertainment, mm -hmm. which is basically education entertainment, which would be, you know, a lot of what uh, that uh, Williams, uh, uh, the gentleman is the CEO of Houston Space Center now has done with uh, Houston Space Center. It's an, it's an education entertainment facility that you go there to learn. And there's some other opportunities out there that I can't talk about that would offer the same kind of things within the community that would become edu entertainment. So they would be also, they would you know, draw tourism mm -hmm. and dollars in the area as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, which sounds, which sounds relative to like the space center, yeah, Houston, the space center, right? Houston. Right. And so you which, would, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge thing. And they yeah. get a million visitors a year, a right? million a year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's growing, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and they're expanding and, uh, you know, and then, of course, there's the advent of the expanded cruise lines out of Galveston now, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. uh, we had a million passengers come through here down the corridor. So imagine if you have the type of innovation infrastructure in place and you're from Detroit, you come through here and you have a company you want to relocate that has the resources and everything else. This might be something you may want to look at. Yeah, absolutely. And doing things. So, you know, it's it's basically infrastructure. So it's education, it's facilities. It's having all the support systems in place. And that's why going to this next step of a task force and developing a white paper that actually puts this out on paper and designs it what it looks like. Yeah. Is so important and where it be, you know. And it's one of those, it's one of those concepts where <clears throat> it doesn't matter if a major project lands in any one of these communities, because it will benefit all. Mm -hmm. And there's so much land. I mean, basically from uh, Lee City at the top of Galveston County down to the island is about 24 miles. There's a right. lot of open right. land in that 24 miles sure. right now. You know, and it's, um, and, uh, and again, if you're developing that kind of business, you want to have the kind of workforce in place that can support what you need to do. That's pretty much ready-made here already. Ready-made. I agree. I agree. So you mentioned the Epicenter was uh, your client. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's talk about what you do. Um, what, what is... Uh, well, I, I branched up my own. Um, I decided after the five years of the Chamber of Commerce and Learning and Economic Development that uh, uh, I've always had a weak spot in my heart for small to medium businesses because that's the heart and soul of the nation. That's yep. the engine that makes it work. And unfortunately, uh, it's not for the weak or the faint-hearted no, it's not. <laughs> it's not, as you know, as us in small to medium businesses know. And, you know, and quite frankly, it's getting harder every day, you know, because regulations and, and lack of support from a lot of areas um, isn't helping us. You know, we could get a little bit more help from Big Brother sure. every once in a while. So I decided to form a company that uh, the name of the, the company is Patterson Consulting, you know, Partners, LLC. And, our, you know, our goal and our mantra is, is, how do we help businesses succeed? Mm -hmm. uh, with 35 years in marketing and advertising and communications background, 
I understand that, you know, probably 80% of the success of any business is how you communicate. Right. So we actually go into companies and we look at what they're doing. And then what we actually do is we give them a roadmap on how to become very sustainable and grow in their, in their markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also um, uh, provide omni-channel digital marketing, which with the advent of 5G, uh, you know, omni-channel digital marketing is the rails that the train that 5G will travel on. Okay. And uh, if you're not a small to medium business and you're not claiming your digital space uh, in this time period and building your brand, because the world of marketing and advertising is completely flipped on its head. Even what applied 10 years ago doesn't apply today. Right. It's because messaging stays the same, but the platforms that we communicate on change. Change a lot. And how yeah. we and how we consume information changes. Sure. And in today's world, you know, it's not like the old days where you could get the Sunday paper and you could learn about everything that was going on in your community. Doesn't work that way anymore. Right. You got to be on multiple platforms where the people are interested in what you do and what you have to offer, live, work, and play. Yeah. And we help companies get there. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, I'll tell you what, what, uh, can we jump back on the task force real quick? Sure. So, so when is the task force expected? Okay. To so, so kind of after I left the chamber of commerce, um, you know, everything needs a leader. Yep. Somebody's got to be out there banging the, you know, banging the drum to do that. Well, yep. that was me. And so, uh, <laughs> Steam in the yeah, and yeah. so, so I kind of, you know, took a hiatus for a couple of months to figure out what I wanted to do. And now I'm doing as we just discussed. Um, so it's kind of been parked off to the side, but a lot of the major key players who are very interested in this and have the vision to see where it's going have been in you know, constant contact with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's been a year. And now we're getting ready to reassemble and, and actually form a private entity. Uh, there will be a limited liability partnership that will start looking at this area first and what we can do and then actually start... Uh, you know, canvassing the different elected and governmental officials for their support in any way they can to help us get this dream off the ground. Because I think it will not only help our area here in the Bay Area, but I think with what else is going on in the greater Houston area, mm-hmm. these other things, I think it could transform Houston, Texas in the next 25 years, just the way the Silicon Valley transform San Francisco. Yep. Yep. I agree. Like I said, the perfect ingredients to the perfect chocolate cake are here. They're all here. All we need is to mix that batter and have the right cooks in place to bake it. And that's what we need. Well, speaking of cooks, so who would make ideal collaborators for this task force? Um, If people were listening right now. Economic development coordinators, directors at different cities uh, or or, or counties Mm -hmm. or even state. Governments, um, not only that, but also um, heads of medical systems, research, biotech, those kind of folks, um, county commissioners, you know, that would, you know, have the vision to see where this could benefit and diversify their community and make it uh, a destination, yep. a desired destination, relocate your business or your family or your life yep. to come here. I mean, you know, um, Texas has it. I mean, especially this area. You know, I mean, after living in the San Francisco Bay Area, the other Bay Area, you know, um, 
you know, I could buy a whole heck of a lot of house here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that's something too that, that, that we really need to talk about, right? The yeah. cost of living, cost here living is, is very cheap. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's one of the best so in the country. So if you're in the middle of a startup and you've yeah. got to stretch that dollar. This is the place sense. to do it. Yeah. But if you don't have a roof over your head or a location to do it, yeah. you know, and your funding source is saying, well, we love your idea. We really wanted to do it. But yeah. you know something? You got to take it to Austin. You got to take it to Georgetown. Yeah. You got to take it to the Golden Triangle in, in Carolinas or mm -hmm. even Silicon Valley or, mm -hmm. you know, one of the other innovation hubs to because they have the resources and infrastructure there. Right. And we'll pay for that to get done, but you're going to have to move your business. Mm -hmm. And who loses? We do. We do. We lose all those great jobs. We lose that infrastructure. We lose those things that better our community here locally. I mean, you know, when you look at um, suburban areas, uh, and there's a lot of them out there that, we, you know, we've actually looked around the state. There are other innovation corridors that can be had. Sure. Um, but, you know, when you're building out a city, do you want strip malls? Do you want fast food yeah. or do you want business parks that like Epicenter that are going to provide edutainment? So, you know, in ballparks and parks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I have to say about our city is we've done a great job with parks yeah. and green space. And that's excellent. But that's just one piece of the puzzle. Right. The other thing is I would rather only have to roll into my house and shoot if I could take my bike to work. Yeah. You know, that would be a heck of a deal, right? 100% with you, you know, on that one, yeah. I mean, you know, as you and I know, League City has over 100 miles of trails that you can actually hook up where you can actually do that yep. and do if we had the infrastructure in place and doing that. So, you know, anybody out there who is dependent, you know, and uh, early in my career, I spent time in the Michigan area, mm -hmm. ran a group of newspapers there in the early 2000s, and I watched before me what dependency on one industry can do not only to a community but to a state a whole state yeah. at the about before the great recession 2007 some of the communities that my newspaper served already had vacancy rates as high as 31 percent for retail yeah that's amazing i mean then why because nine out of ten people in michigan had a job that was related to the automobile Auto. business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. No diversification, you know, and this brings up, you know, the kind of diversification that just supports everything for the future, for the future of our nation, you know, for the future of the world. I mean, Houston literally is right now on the cutting edge of so many things with space travel, but also biomed. Yeah. You know, all, like I said, all the pieces are here. It's, it just needs someone with vision to go ahead and lead it, to take it to that next level. And we're talking something that's going to take 40 years. Right. This isn't something that's going to happen tomorrow. Right. This is going to take a lot of infrastructure and investment and things like that. But I actually talked to a, um, a venture capital fund uh, out of Oklahoma City, um, and they actually do something that's called Fund of Funds, where they actually take a bunch of different funding agencies and they put them into a pool. Hmm. for funding things like this. And, okay. we were, and we were interested in talking to them about how do we get one of those set up for here? And, um, you know, he said he was very, very, you know, clear with me. He said, Steve, he says, you know, just like we said, you got all the pieces. It's all here. So, but you let, you know, but you have 
you can't bake that cake without the right kind of cooks. And he said, unfortunately, all the CEO talent in the Houston market is all petrochemical based. You don't have innovative talent here. And we're not going to give you money unless you have that innovative talent. Mm. Because we want to trust our dollars with somebody who can do that. Yeah. So one of the things that we do lack is leadership. The other thing we lacked, and this goes back to the education size and the discovery process, was that we also lack the curriculum to help these guys learn how to run a business. I agree. And um, actually, that's one of the things that we talk a lot about when we talk about technology and the advancement of technology and the advancement of people and entrepreneurship is that your, your guy who's, you know, an expert at blockchain doesn't know how to market. No. Right. Doesn't know what kind of business is set up. And that's one of the roles that we're hoping to fill with Innovate IPM. There should be, uh, there should be some, uh, bachelor level degrees and master level degrees. Yeah. And maybe eventually doctorates where you actually get a degree in entrepreneurialism, business man, more than business management, not just a business, you know, not just a degree in business, right? Yeah, you know, not MBA, not I just mean, analysis, not, not analysis, and anything yeah. else, but applicable ways of building real world business and understanding all the factors that go into that. Yep. Steve, I think we could talk for a long time about a lot of topics. Oh, maybe we'll yeah, come yeah. back in a while and we'll talk some more. To. I think you need to come back, especially uh, interested in uh, yeah. your knowledge on 5G in particular and, and some other Let me things tell you, well, 5G, so. you're going to wake up one day and your world's going to change. <laughs> That's what I keep People hearing. have no idea yeah, what's coming wanna, at them. I want to learn more, and I'm sure yeah. our audience does too. So we'll definitely have to get you back on and uh, have that happen soon. Well, Rob, again, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Appreciate it, and I appreciate everything you're doing as well. You bet. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, they can reach me at uh, area code 956-244-6211. Or you can email me at steve at pcp-llc.biz. And, of course, you can also text me at 956-244-6211. All right. That sounds good. And I'll have, uh, I'll have your contact information okay. linked up, too. Thank you so much for being on. Well, thanks again, Rob. Appreciate it, man. You bet. Bye. Bye.